Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. I am Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant yet again. Uh, here for another exciting show. I know you guys have already subscribed and shared us with all of your friends. Keep keep doing that. Keep the questions coming. Today, we're going to talk about, well, something you guys wanted to talk about, right, Heather? I mean, we got some... Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> gotten a bunch of questions. And actually, we, we get questions all the time about this particular topic. But we, neither Heather nor I quite qualified to talk about it. So um, we have our own answers, but we decided to bring someone else in today to help us out. Jim Birch, welcome to the show. Hey, Ron. Thank you so much. We appreciate letting us uh, be a part of this today. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about a subject that is that is so much fun. I mean, (laughs) this is so good. So today's topic is LLCs. And Jim is the founder CEO of Easy Legal Planning. And they've helped thousands of people with revocable living trusts and LLCs, small business type stuff, right? All of this right. really fun, you know. <laughs> like I, mean, I, I, I always tell people, I'm like, talking about death and taxes is nothing but pure joy. It brings bliss into your life every day. It's wonderful. <laughs> so Jim's done something pretty unique, actually. He's taken this, this topic and, you know, his, his background is actually marketing. And so he's taken this and put it into really simple terms that even I can understand. And, and then he's, because of that, he's been able to help thousands of people understand it. And he's going to help us understand it today. And I don't know about you, Heather, but really the thing that I get most out of this is that the, the hair, it's the hair. I know for those of you who cannot see, Jim's hair is, I mean, it's not... <laughs> Hey, nice. I, I, I love you even more for saying as that. A bald, <laughs> as a bald man, I can say that. I can say that I am now coveting the hair. Uh, oh. Well, it, it, it is out of control right now because not only is it like big and coiffed on top, but I've got this crazy like Grizzly Adams beard going on. So it is, <laughs> it is just too much hair for most people at this point in time. So, it, But I appreciate you saying that, Ron. Thank yeah, so you I mean, that. LLC's secondary hair primary in this particular <laughs> episode. So. Yeah, the COVID-19 haircut, I think, is... Right. There's this, uh, not to go off on a tangent on hair, but there's this, there's this kid that bags the groceries. <laughs> he has <laughs> the best head of hair, man. Every time I go in there, I'm like, dude. And he just starts laughing. Every time he sees me now, he just starts laughing because I, he knows that I'm just coveting his hair. So, man crush on the hair or something yeah it's it was it's it's, it's actually <laughs> it's better it. than yours jim i hate to say it it's better oh. than yours. <laughs> <clears throat> all right well, let's awesome. let's jump into our real topic which is not not hair not hairstyles um, not hairstyles <laughs> llc's llc's and heather this is something that we get like all the time and yeah just about every day i get a question about how do I do this? I've, I've heard, they usually will say, I've heard that I want to set up an LLC if I'm going to buy rental properties. And I don't, I don't really know why. They don't even know why they've heard that. Some people just say, I need to because I was told I need to. By and who? I think it was the know, trash right? collector told her that she probably should. <laughs> um, her brother's friend's cousin has an LLC with property in it. But really nobody knows. She, you know, they just know they heard. Yeah. 
Well, I told Jim a story that I was told by an attorney that is the best illustration I've had to dumb it down for me to understand why I needed an LLC. So I'll share it really fast. So there was a man, and this is a true story, who had his primary residence and then three rental properties, all where he lived in the same state. And he had a tenant in the basement unit that was asphyxiated by the furnace and she passed away. And the family was able to prove negligence that it wasn't up, wasn't um, maintained. And so he lost not only the three rental properties because he had to pay this in this massive lawsuit, um, but he also lost his primary residence. So he lost all of his real estate holdings. And he, he explained it to me by saying, if he would have set up an LLC and put even all three rental properties into one LLC, he would have lost his rental properties, but not his primary residence. Or if he had that property in one LLC by itself, he would have just lost that rental property in the lawsuit. And so it's like a light bulb went off that day and I finally understood it, even though I'd been doing this for several years. I knew it was important and it was a good way to protect yourself, but I didn't fully grasp the benefits that way. So you said you get that question a lot though, Jim, right? We do. And that's a great example. I mean, really and truly is. I actually had one kind of similar. It was a guy that he lived in Texas and he had his primary and seven properties. And he ended up, he turned around the corner and it was just, it was kind of dusk and he couldn't see very well, ended up hitting somebody in a, in a crosswalk and killed them. And they were suing him for everything. And he, again, same thing, he lost everything. And he, he was calling going, can I set up an LLC and dump all my prop? And I'm like, no, I after the fact, you can't you can't do anything, you know. Once the once that bell has been rung, so you got to get all this stuff set up ahead of time. But anyhow, that, your example is is great. That's a that's a great and a perfect example. Yeah, but adding to it that way is awesome because I think some people can think it's only for if the tenant sues you or if there's a problem with that property. But can it be someone coming after you personally in a lawsuit, right? That they can right. So, okay. Yeah, that's exactly because something like that, it exceeded his auto insurance very quickly. And he had night, he had no umbrella. He had, I mean, he just wasn't Mm -hmm. set up, which was kind of interesting because for somebody that owns eight properties, that's a lot of properties. And he had a lot of equity in those properties. And you would think that somewhere during that path that somebody would have clued him in and said, you really probably ought to set things up properly, but it didn't happen until it was too late. We find that a lot, uh, Jim, people don't understand a they don't they don't understand what the benefits of an llc are they don't know when they need the llc versus insurance like people are just generally speaking confused about the topic yeah and i think a lot of people don't like talking to attorneys anyway and so it's kind of like the dentist you know i mean like i know i need to go to the dentist but i'm probably not gonna go unless i have a pain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and one, right. in the property world, it's kind of like dental, right? Once you have the pain, it's too late. Now you're going to have a root canal where you didn't have to have the root canal. And yeah. it's kind of right. kind of similar. But tell us a little bit about what the uh, what all of the benefits of the LLC. Why would someone want to, to do this? Great, great question. One of the biggest benefits is really what we're talking about, which is liability. The liability protection is probably the biggest reason why people are, are setting up LLCs. Because essentially what an LLC is doing is it's drawing a line in the sand and saying, these are business assets and these are my personal assets. And mm-hmm. so it, it just, it separates or segregates things. Now, I, I, Heather, you're probably going to ask me this question because I know you get this question all the time as well. But a lot of people go, well, I've got two or three or even sometimes more than that rental properties. And they go, 
well, should I put them all into one LLC? And, and again, there's a few different trains of thought with doing that on the liability front of things. Cause the, the thing that people have to understand is if they set up one LLC and they put all three of those properties into that one LLC, well, if that one LLC got sued, so again, let's say that one of the tenants got a, 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 a that's such a weird word. I, I'm having a hard time saying that I this know, morning. Asphyxiated. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry with uh, with doing that. But if they were to sue that LLC and the LLC owns three properties, they're coming after those three properties. And so then it comes the complexity of people going, oh, well, then should I set up a separate LLC for each of my properties? And for liability purposes, the answer is yes, that, that obviously provides the, the most protection. But again, that also comes with you're setting up three LLCs and the cost of setting up those and the maintenance fees and your, you know, the fees that come along with that. So that's, that's some of the things that people have to take into consideration. Now we do have an, another train of thought where people go, well, once I hit a certain amount of equity, then I'm going to create a second LLC. So sometimes they'll go, you know, and, and this is different for everybody. Some people's risk tolerance and, and equity threshold is different. So sometimes people will say, once I have $50,000 of equity in a property, then, then I'm going to start dividing them. And sometimes people go, mine's 150,000. And some people go, mine 300,000, whatever that is. Once your equity hits a certain amount, then people go, okay, now I'm going to set up a second LLC. So let's just say hypothetically it was 150,000 and they had three properties in that one LLC. Well, once that equity got above 150,000, then if they ended up getting another property or whatever, then they would start to separate it out and, and get, you know, LLC number two going. But, but liability is one of the biggest reasons why people do the LLC. And the other, the other thing that you have to understand about LLCs is it works both ways as well. So kind of in the example that I was giving, if you're, if let's say we had a client that they got in a car accident and it exceeded their auto insurance and they're getting sued personally. Mm -hmm. Well, they can get sued personally, but if they've got LLCs, they can't go after the LLC. So there's, there's a separation there depending on where that liability is coming from. So, so that's one of the, the biggest things. And then the other side would be the taxing side of things. Why a lot of people will set up LLCs. It just gives them an easier way of, of writing things off and, and also depending on how much money they're, they're making, um, you know, if they had, if somebody had a lot of properties that were in these different LLCs, you know, their CPA or their accountant can structure things to, to really save them a lot of money in, in some different types of taxes. I was going to say, Heather, bless your heart. I can tell that you, <laughs> something went down the wrong pipe there. So what, yes. what had that happen? Had that happened before? So. I, have, I have some air conditioning, like blowing really hard. So I think it just uh, dried out my throat for a second. So I was over here muting myself. So <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that, been there, done that, yeah. but, oh. but, but, but Ron, kind of going back to your, your initial, those are typically the two reasons why people will do the, the LLCs is they're they're set, they're setting up the LLCs to separate those business assets from their personal assets for liability purposes and then for taxing purposes as well with doing that. Yeah, so you know LLCs are they're I think they're a little bit scary to people too. Like they don't understand you know. So I've got this umbrella policy now. I've exceeded the umbrella policy, so now I'm into that hundred fifty thousand that you were talking about, which is my threshold, and it's kind of above the the umbrella policy. Now I need the LLC. And it starts to in my, you know, in some people's brains starts to get really complicated where this really isn't that complicated, but there's some things surrounding right. an LLC that people need to be aware of too. Maybe you can key us in on what those are. Like, what are some things if I open this thing up that I need to be aware of so that Perfect. I don't screw it all up? 
Right. Perfect. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great, a great question. Now, when you're first off another, and again, I know Heather, you get this question as well, and reply both of you, but people think it's going to be this knockdown drag out, take a really long time to set up an LLC. They're like, is this going to take months to do? And the answer is no. Most of the time, the LLCs can be set up, you know, some of them within 24 hours, some of them seven to 14, you know, business days, but typically it doesn't go too much, you know, farther out than, than that. So usually within a two week period, everything's filed with the state and everything's ready to go. Now, in reference to the actual documents and, and to your point, Ron, of what, you know, what they need to expect, when you're setting up an LLC, you have to file with the, with the secretary of state. Now, some states don't call it a secretary of state. They call it like a division of corporation or a corporation commission. Same thing as the secretary of state. It's just kind of an interchangeable term, but you have to file what are called articles of organization. Now, normally that's what we're doing. It's like we're preparing the articles of organization for the client. So that way everything is done the proper way. And the clients aren't second guessing themselves going, oh, did I do that right? Or did I fill that out the, the right way? And, and so right. on and so forth. Now, just so you're aware, it's also called like a certificate of organization or some states call it a certificate of formation, all the same thing. So whether it's an articles of organization, a certificate of organization, a certificate of formation, same exact thing. It's, it's the documents that are filed with the state saying, I'm registering my LLC here's the name that I want to, to function uh, under in that state. And then a lot of states require ownership. So they'll be like, okay, who owns this LLC and what's the address? And then you also have to have what's called a registered agent. The registered agent is simply the person that receives the mail on behalf of the, the company. We're going to talk about that in just a second, a little bit more, if you happen to set up a business in another state. But you have to file those articles of organization. And then we also prepare what's called an operating agreement. So the operating agreement is kind of like the backbone of the business. That indicates who owns the, the business, what happens if they decided to bring on a business partner. Or let's say it was a partnership and one of the partners wanted out. The operating agreement stipulates, okay, what, what happens uh, you know, as an exit strategy or what happens if somebody dies? So that's what, that's what the operating agreement is doing, is, is taking care of ownership and then some of those what-ifs uh, with, with doing that. And then the other document that we prepare is the employer identification number with the IRS. So it's, it's technically called your federal employer identification number. But most people refer to it as a tax ID number. So all the time people will call and they're like, I need to get my, my tax ID number. And then uh, sometimes we'll email them and say, hey, here's your federal employer identification number. And they're like, wait, I thought I needed a tax ID number. And we're like, that's same thing. It's the same thing that <laughs> we're doing that. But those, those are typically the three key documents that are needed to establish an, an LLC in, in any given state with doing that. Mm -hmm. did, did that. Does that make sense or did that answer that question though? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So a follow-up question on that is a lot of our clients are purchasing with a conventional loan. And then with a conventional loan, you cannot use an entity. You have to have, you have to buy in your personal name. And so a lot of our clients are deeding the property post-closing into the LLC. Is that something that, I mean, I know, I know a lot of questions I get is the, <laughs> the, the lender has a due on sale clause that if I deed the property out of my name, it can make, it can cause the due on sale clause where you have to pay back 
the loan, right? That they can call the loan. Right. To do. What, how do you handle that concern with clients? Great, great question with, with that. And the first thing I always tell people is lenders are very familiar with LLCs and what this is not anything new. Uh, and so they're very, very aware. But also the most important and critical part of that is making sure that however the house is owned or the, the loan is owned. So whether it's an individual or the husband and wife, they're both on that, that loan, they need to structure the LLC to, to match that or mimic that. So if it was an individual that, that was on the title of that property and on the loan, they would need to set up an individual LLC. So that way, when that property moves over to the LLC, the ownership structure is still the same. There, there are some states that are very particular about about that, like meaning you couldn't set up, um, let's say that we had an individual that was on the loan and then they were married and said, well, I really want to have myself and my spouse on the LLC. And then they create this partnership LLC and then move the property over to that. That can create problems because it doesn't match the, the ownership structure. So as long as they're, you know, they're keeping that in mind of going, okay, however we own this property, the LLC needs to be structured the same way. They're, they should be just absolutely fine on, on that. Again, most of you know, the do on sell clause, you know, obviously that that's something that is in a lot of loans, but it's not something that they're obligated to do. So it's like if, if, if a lender caught wind that somebody had moved it over into an LLC, the first thing they're going to do is go, are they making their payments every month? And if they're making their payments, then a lot of times they go, well, we're not, you know, we're not going to, you know, yeah. rile the, war, the, the, the hornet's nest here, because again, they, they've got so many bad loans that they're going after that they have no incentive or no reason to go after somebody that's actually paying with, uh, with that. So, that, that's typically the, you know, the approach that, that we, we tell people is, you know, as long as the ownership structure is the same, you know, you should be fine. And then again, as long as you're making your payments, don't miss payments. And then you're, <laughs> they're not, they're not going to be looking elsewhere with, uh, with yeah. what's going on with that. So, but, but again, at the, at the end of the day, lenders are very, very familiar. Oh, another thing that people aren't totally aware of is when you move a title or you deed the property over into the LLC, that doesn't just automatically notify the lender. Like, it's not like they get some notification that says, Hey, the title has been moved, moved over into an LLC. So the, cause the title is recorded at the County recorder where that property is located located and it's completely separate from the, from the loan. So, so again, it's not like they're getting notified and, and, you know, people are getting nervous going, Oh no, my lender's going to be notified that I, that I just moved this property over into an LLC, but my lenders are very familiar with LLCs and what they do and why people set them up. It's, it's nothing new. Okay. Yeah. Cause a lot of our clients do um, have one spouse on the conventional loan and then deed it into an LLC that is jointly owned. But I've said the same thing though. It's, it's a spouse. You're not deeding it to a business partner or, you know, someone that's not related to you. So it's usually pretty low risk, but there is the due on sale clause in every conventional loan I've seen. Right. So that's just something that you, you maybe have to be comfortable with taking a small risk that, you know, they could, they could call the loan due. So another question that I get a lot is how do I name my LLC? (laughs) My my Uh, attorney, my attorney hates it when it comes down to naming the next LLC. I actually usually tell them, I don't care. Whatever you want, but, but yeah. Which is so, again, it's funny, bro, that you just said that. This honestly is probably the biggest hang up for most people. I'm not kidding. I'll talk to people and they're like, okay, we're ready to go. And I'm like, what do you want to name the LLC? And they're like, uh, <laughs> sometimes it'll take them literally two months. They're, they're trying to figure out a name and then they'll call back two months later. And they're like, I finally came up with a name. And I'm like, it took you two months to come up with a name. And they're like, yeah, sorry. I wanted to make Good sure that this you is dialed in. Correct. 
uh, during <laughs> totally. I know, right? And so anyhow, the, the name really and truly does not matter. Although it does have to be a name that nobody else is utilizing in that state. So, so most people, you know, every once in a while, people will say, oh, I want to do, you know, something very basic. Um, I'm trying to think of something basic off the top of my head, like, you know, ABC rental properties. Oh, yeah. Um, that's going to be taken by somebody in the, <laughs> you know, in the state. So you got to be a little bit more creative, but, um, I mean, but if some, I've oh, been trying ahead. to get, I've been trying to get Wayne Enterprises for so long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, totally. my, my middle name is Wayne. I, I keep thinking I should I should have it, but Ron, I did not know that. That's funny. Some, that, yeah, I've been trying to get it, but I can't get it. That, hey, I, well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed. If I see that pop up somewhere, I'm going to let you know. We're going to let you know, man. I'll, I'll incorporate oh, yeah. in that state unless it's unless it's California or New York. <laughs> totally. So, so in reference to the name, some people are very creative and it's very easy. But I always tell people have a plan A and a plan B. Because if you come back and say, oh, let's let's name it this and it's not available, instead of having to call back and go back and forth and try to figure out another name, just come up with two names right out of the gates. And then that way we've got option uh, you know, one and option two already ready to go. Now, if you're not very creative, just use the address of the rental property. That's a right. That's one of the easiest things to do because it's a very yeah. unique name. Super simple to do that. And, and literally it's the address comma LLC. That, that would be the name of that. So if you're that's, not creative, just I've do done. that. Yeah. yeah. So that's, so that's how that works with, uh, with doing that. Did that, did that answer that question though, Ron? Did that make sense on that with the name? Oh yeah. 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 So I think one thing that we haven't talked about is with the out of state LLCs and what you need to know and why do people do it? I guess like why why do you have an, an LLC registered outside of your the state you live in? Maybe they great don't question. even that. right. Great question with, within that. Now, a typical rule of thumb for most people is wherever the property is physically located, then that's where you should establish the LLC. And again, it doesn't have to be like that all the time because and I'm going to explain what I, what I mean, but that's kind of a general rule of thumb is if you've got property or you've got a brick and mortar building there, that state wants you to, to set up the LLC there. Or the other option is you can set up and establish the LLC in your home state. That's called your domestic state. So let, again, let's just say, again, I live in Utah. So let's say I set up an LLC in Utah, that would be my domestic state. But if I ended up having property, let's say in Alabama, I would need to register my Utah domestic LLC in Alabama as a foreign LLC. And, and so as long as you're registered one way or the other, it, it, it's completely fine with doing that. So as long as I've either got my LLC registered here in Utah and then registered as a foreign LLC in, uh, in Alabama, because that's where property is physically located. And they want, you know, because you've got property there, the state wants you to have a presence or, or an LLC established there. Or we do the flip side where we would register the LLC in Alabama and then that would be domestic. So it'd be a domestic LLC in Alabama. And then I would have to register it as a foreign LLC in my home state. So if I did register an LLC in Alabama, I'd have to register it as a, as a foreign entity here in Utah. And a lot of people ask and they go, well, why did you have to register it in, in Utah? If the business is in, in Alabama and the property is in Alabama, why do you have to register it in Utah? And the answer is to set up my business bank account. Because if I go into the, the bank 
and, and again, whether it was a large bank or a small bank, and I said, hey, I need to set up my my LLC or my business bank account. When they look at the articles of organization and they say, and they say oh, this is an Alabama business. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, yeah, this is set up in Alabama. And they're going to say, oh, well, that's fine. But we need you to register as a foreign LLC here in Utah so that we can see on the records here with the Utah Division of Corporations that you're registered so we can open up the business bank account. Is that difficult um, with, with to do, Jim? Is it difficult? No, no. It's real. It's really, really easy. Literally, it's usually a one-page document. Now, one thing that you do have to do is let's say that I registered in Alabama and I was registering as a foreign LLC here in Utah. Well, most states require what's called a certificate of existence. Mm. So basically what happens is we just have to go online and order. And typically, you know, it's anywhere from $10 to $50, you know, on the high end to get a certificate of existence. And all that is, is it's basically the, the secretary of state is sending a little certificate that says, they are an LLC yeah. and it was established on such and such date. And and usually that has to be done usually within three to six months. So, so like sometimes people go, oh, I have a certificate of existence, but it's two years old. Um, well, unfortunately, that's not going to work. You have to have one that is usually within three to six months. And every state's a little bit different and they will tell you, you know, the, the state will say you need to have, uh, you know, a certificate of exist- existence that's no no older than three months or whatever the case is. So it's very you know, easy and very you straightforward. Can't, you can't you can't not pay your taxes. That's that's right. the real that's the real <laughs> right. deal here. Right. So I have a question. Follow up. What why do you want to open a bank account? with your LLC? Great question. So we get this all the time because people are like, do I, do I need a separate bank account? And the answer is yes. You want to keep everything separate. And again, it goes back to the liability side of things. If you're commingling, you know, all of your personal assets and your business assets, the LLC probably isn't going to work because if, if you're getting sued, one of the first things that the attorneys are going to do is they're going to say, okay, let's look at the structure. Let's look how money is going into the LLC and how money is coming out of the LLC. And if all of a sudden it's completely co-mingled. They're going to be like, you're not running this thing like a business. And they could, they call it piercing the corporate veil. They could pierce that corporate veil and go after them. So you have to make sure that you're keeping very good records and that they're completely separate. I, I had this question the other day and it was really kind of funny because we, we always indicate that to people of saying, okay, when you set up your business bank account, make sure that your renters are, are paying the money to the LLC, not to you personally, or if they're going to do an auto draft, make sure it dra- you know, goes right into your business account. And somebody called back and they said, oh, well, I ended up having a renter and they just paid me. And then I just deposited it into my account and then moved it right over into my business uh-huh. account. Will that work? And I was like, no, that, that, that's not going to, you know, that, that's, that's the not opposite going to, of working. That's, right. That's, that's the, the opposite, opposite of, working. of working with, with that. I said, so no, I said, you have to get your, you know, the tenant to write the check or deposit that into the business account. And then from the business account, then you can pay yourself, you know, after you, you know, paid any mortgages or whatever you're, you know, whatever your expenses are or, or deductions, you can do that and then pay yourself out of that. But but you just want to make sure that the money is going into the business account first so you can show very distinct and clear records that... Because think of it like this, you're running a business. And I know that that sounds weird because people are like, oh, it's just a rental property. Well, you're in the business of a rental property and you have to run it as such with uh, with doing that. So that's one of the... the We get that question all the time and it always kind of makes me makes me laugh with, uh, with doing that because the answer is an absolute yes with okay. uh, with making sure that the that it's separate. Okay. No, that's perfect. And what what if they've been doing it wrong so far? 
can they change and get their books right to yeah. protect themselves and then they're okay? Okay. Yep, absolutely with that. Oh, another thing that, that I was going to mention on while we're talking about that is the lease agreement. So if somebody sets up an LLC, they need to redo their lease agreements with the tenant so that it's no longer between the individual and the tenant. It's now between the LLC and the tenant. Does but that, does that yeah, but professional management, it wouldn't matter, right? Oh, because right. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They have. Okay. So yes, if, no, if they're being professionally sure. managed, then yeah, they, then that's a different thing. But just if somebody was, if they were doing it by themselves and they didn't have professional management, and then again, it's really important though that people understand the reason why that is. So let me let me make sure I clear it up because you, you the the reason that you have to have your LLC on the lease if you don't have a professional property management company is because the lease is between that LLC and the tenant. When you have a professional management company, the LLC has an agreement with the management company. So it's really important you still have the LLC that has the agreement. So the agreement's not in your personal name mm. when you have an LLC, it's in the LLC's name. So you still have it. It's just indirect because it goes through the management company and the management company then has the lease with the tenant, right? So right. It's the same principle, you can't commingle just because you have a management company that, that still doesn't work. You still have to have a separate account. You still have to have your LLC with the agreement. The agreement's just between you and the management company instead of you and the tenant. Perfect. So that, well, and, yeah, well, well said. And thanks for, for, for clearing that up, Ron. Again, that's, that's perfect. Let me, let me go over one other thing just because I'm starting to get these things are coming to my mind of questions that all of a sudden come to Wait. come to, to into play here. Yeah. Another question that people ask is they go, what, what about the title of the, of the house? So if I have this LLC and I've got all these lease agreements with, uh, you know, between the LLC and my tenants and I've got all that and I'm having them deposit the money into the bank, you know, my business bank account, then they go, can I leave the, the, the title of the house in my individual name or does it also need to get moved over and transferred into the LLC? And I know we kind of talked a little bit about that earlier, but I just wanted to, to kind of hit on that point again. People miss that all the time where they get this LLC set up and they're running the LLC, but the title of the rental property is still in their personal name or it's in their, their spouse and their names as joint tenants. Yeah. That can't happen. That has to get, you know, that, that has to get transferred over into the LLC. And the way that that gets transferred is by recording a deed at the county where that property is located. So if the property is located in Alabama, it's in Montgomery County, that the deed has to be recorded in Montgomery County to transfer the title out of the husband and wife's names as joint tenants and move it over into the LLC. I know we touched on that a little bit before, but we didn't really go into and yeah, in, 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 yeah, connect the dots on, on doing that. So I just, again, wanted to, to give you a heads up on, on that one. Yeah, great point. Great point. For those people, I mean, for people who don't do this all the time, this, this likely sounds really complicated. <laughs> um, and it and it's not it's it's really not that hard there's a lot of little moving pieces there but when you work with a professional company that does this all the time they make it super easy right yeah. right right that's it makes not, all the difference yeah it's totally. not i mean if you try to do this on your own it it, 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 it kind of is complicated i i've actually never done it on my own so i don't know how complicated it is <laughs> but i'm sure that it is really complicated right um, you, you, you want to know it's so my uh, my daughter, who is my assistant, the other day, she said, "Do do you have this, you know, X Y Z company LLC?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do." She goes, "Well, she goes, well, I've never heard of it." I said, "Well, add it to the list then, because we need to make sure we keep track of it." 
you can get to that, the point where it's it's a little bit absurd how many LLCs you have, but the process is the same for all of them. It's not that complicated if you if you have somebody who can help you through right. the process and make it easy for you, right? Right. And to that point, Ron, just because just again, when you were saying that you hadn't done it yourself, the, I talked to a lot of people that have tried to do it themselves and, and some of them actually do it properly but they're always second guessing themselves that and that and that probably is the biggest thing for most people is they don't want the stress of second guessing themselves going oh did i really do that right yeah, and so that terrible. that's one of the biggest issues yeah. that we run did into I do all it the time and it doesn't make any difference because i screwed right. it up yes. right yeah, yeah that's exactly right i think i have i think we're down to only a couple more questions so can you save taxes by setting up an llc in a state that has no income tax <laughs> No, I was going to say, I guess, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to yell at you, Heather. That, that was not a yell at you. That was, I'm not kidding. I get that was a yell at everybody time. else. It was a yell at everybody else. I get that question all the time. They're like, I've been reading on the interwebs that, uh, that I want to set up an LLC in Nevada because they don't have any state tax. And that's going to be awesome because that'll save me in, you know, in state taxes. It does not work yeah. like that. Um, you have to pay taxes wherever you live. So if you live somewhere other than Nevada, you're, it, it doesn't make sense to set up, you know, a Nevada LLC for income tax, you know, to, to save on the, uh, the state income tax. So it just, yeah. So the answer is no on, on yeah. doing so that. So if you're just, sick just, of paying ridiculous income taxes, move out of New York, move out of, <laughs> right. move out of California. I can keep yep. naming them, but you guys know where yeah. you live. You just <laughs> suck it up and pay the taxes if you want to live yeah. in those places. Otherwise move like everybody else is doing. Yeah. Right. Move yep. to <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's, it's There are true. other states other than Nevada that don't have right. state income taxes. So, you know, choose wisely. Um, right. There are some with oceans and there's some with some great, cool little mountains. And, Washington, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, uh, I mean, uh, Florida has no state income tax. Pretty sure Texas yeah. doesn't and uh, Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't. Yeah. Tennessee. yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of states catching yeah. on these days yeah. uh, that people are kind of spent on paying. Uh, pun intended on paying taxes. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah. So, and then I guess uh, in, in re relation to that, I guess, if you're setting up an, an LLC in Alabama, to go back to our example, but you live in Utah, you need to have a physical address in that. Like, to I'm so glad. I'm so glad you reminded me of that because that is a really important thing. So, thank you for for jogging my memory on on that one. This is a big one that people are unaware of. So, if you set up a business in another state, whether it is a domestic LLC or a foreign LLC, and that's where people again don't they, they sometimes don't connect the dots on that. So, let's say that I ended up setting up an LLC in Alabama. I don't live in Alabama. So I don't have a physical address to receive the mail in Alabama. But if I'm going to set up an LLC, they require to have a registered agent or somebody that has a physical address. So we have a third party company that we've worked with for years. They're called InCorp Services. They're based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, and they charge $99 a year. You can actually get it less than that if you're if you're able to if you want to commit to more years. So like if you were like, hey, I'm I'm gonna I know I'm gonna have this rental property for five years, then they charge like $64 a year. Or something like that. So it can get cheaper if you if you do more years. But the point being is you have to have a physical address in that state so that when you register the documentation, the state goes, oh, 
You've got a physical address. It cannot be a P.O. box. People are like, oh, I'll just get a P.O. box. And they say, you cannot do a P.O. box. It has to be a physical address. And that's why you have to hire a third-party company to do that. Now, it also works the same way. Like, let's say I set up the LLC here in Utah. Well, I live here in Utah, so I don't need to hire a third-party registered agent because I live here. I can be my own registered agent. But if I have property in Alabama, I I still have to register my LLC as a foreign LLC in Alabama. And I still have to have a registered agent. Uh, okay. So, so, so again, it, it, it goes both ways. Because so, sometimes people go, oh, well, if I set up the LLC in my domestic state, then I won't have to pay NCORP in, you know, in the state where my, where my rental properties are. And the answer is no, no, you still have to pay NCORP because even if you file a foreign LLC, yeah. they require a registered agent. Yeah, good point. Um, a lot of our property managers will do it for our clients as well. <clears throat> oh, very good. Yeah, ask your property manager to see. Um, I have a couple that charge like a one-time setup fee and then they'll just get your mail from then on out. So that's great. That's uh, great. Keep, if you've got keep that. that in mind too. Do you can just check and see if they're willing to do it. If not in corp services, that sounds like a pretty inexpensive option too. So yeah, right. eight, eight and, bucks and again, a month. That's not bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, to, to, I don't care who you, I mean, really and truly, yeah. I, I just use Encorp because we, we, we've worked with a lot of different companies and they seem to do a really good job. And they're on the, the I hate saying cheaper, they're on the more cost effective side of, uh, <laughs> of things than a lot of the other companies that are, that are out there. They're charging, you know, 130 to $160 a year for the yeah. exact same thing. So yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah. So, well, awesome. And this That's- has been great. Yeah, so informative. I have love LLCs. I mean, this is like so fun. LLCs are so fun. (laughs) It's been been a whole, whole just ball of of joy for me as well. No, it's it's actually been a pleasure. It's fun. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have good sense of humor about this as well. Because literally, you know, talking about liability and death and tax. I mean, it's it's not that fun to talk about, but it's a really important thing. At least it's not taxes. So we've got that going for us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Although we did talk about it in taxes, but you know, it's true. So How Jim, do- um, if, if people, <laughs> if people listen to this and they said, man, that I really need to do this and I'd love, I'd love Jim to just do it for me. How do they get a hold of you and, and where can they find you? You bet. So, so a couple of things, usually what happens is they're talking to Heather and then Heather just emails me with the client's information and then I'll email respond back to them and get them on my Happy calendar. Happy to do well, that. Absolutely. Right. So that, that's an easy thing. You can also visit the website, which is just easylegalplanning.com and make sure you don't spell easy E Z. It's E-A-S-Y. We get that all the time. And I'm like, no, it's easy. It's like E-A-S-Y. Easy. And they're like, oh, I was thinking like E and then C. Oh, you mean Uh, like not not text language. Right. Exactly. Like the King's English, like that old, old, old time. I'm like, I am not a millennial here. I was going to say, I am not a millennial. So no, we've got the full easy. So easy legal planning. My my personal email is just Jim at easy legal planning. Uh, And then again, I'll give my phone number right here while you, well, is that okay? Can I give my phone? number so it's uh wait 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 no no (laughs) don't do it don't okay yeah go ahead okay yeah go ahead okay so it's (laughs) 801-656-7137 and again you can call me or text me on on that number as well but yeah oh and then cost wise we didn't even go over this so cost wise is setting up i thought it was i thought it was free (laughs) for all of our listeners free for all of our listeners right i'm like thanks a lot right no i'm just kidding so now one good (laughs) one good thing is is we did uh negotiate a little deal so on the first llc that you guys do you do get a 50 dollars discount our normal cost is 315 dollars to set up all of the paperwork um but you guys get a 50 dollars discount so it's 265 and that does not include the state filing fees and every state 
state is a little bit different. Some states are really inexpensive when you're setting up an LLC, and some states are very expensive. If you happen to live in Illinois and you're, you're listening to this, I apologize ahead of time. Their you know, no. their filing fee is $500 uh, just for the filing fee. But anyhow, that doesn't include the filing fee. So the, the 265 for the first LLC, that gets you know your articles of organization, your operating agreement, your tax identification number, and, and, and gets all those, you know, we prepare all those for you. We also get you all set up with NCORP. If you decided to use NCORP, we get that all, all set up and, and uh, taken care of for you as well. But that also doesn't include the $99 fee with, uh, with doing that. So you'd essentially have 265 plus the $99 if you are establishing an LLC in a different state and then whatever those state filing fees are with uh, with doing that. Sweet. Awesome. We appreciate it. You're so welcome. Yeah. Okay. Well, so guys, if you have other questions or anything like that about LLCs, make sure you reach out to Jim. And if you like the show, which of course you did, because it was awesome, then you should then you should hit the little thumbs up button and leave us Leave us a review, share us with your friends and everything like that. We'll be back next week with something uh, equally as awesome. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks. Hey, thank, thank you both. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.